Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Okay, here we go. I'll put it in reverse. Got it. Now forward. Okay. First. Now turn the wheel. Turn the wheel. No, reverse. Reverse. Slow the out. Go kill it. Kill it. Kill the There's a reason they say curse like a sailor. In reverse. Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Well, we're docked now. Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show. I'm your host, Keith Smith. We are part of the Almighty Baller Network. This episode, we are going to talk about an off-season preview for the New Orleans Pelicans. If you're anywhere on Twitter, you know one of the best follows for Pelicans news, analysis, and thoughts is Mason Ginsberg of Bourbon Street Shots of ESPN's True Hoop Network. Mason, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Great. So what we're going to do in this episode, just like all the rest, is we're going to talk a little bit about the Pelicans offseason. Well, we're going to talk a lot about the Pelicans offseason. And basically, we're going to go through their free agent, their non-guaranteed guys. This is a team, they don't have a lot of free agents, but their free agents are important ones. And they've got some big decisions going on with this. So I'm really excited to get in this with Mason and really give you guys a sense of what's going on in New Orleans because they, they, they made a big move that we're going to talk about here in a minute. In in season last year, that probably sets things up somewhat, at least for this off season. But as we always do, in order to look forward, we believe we got to look back a little bit. So, how did the 2017 season go? The Pelicans finished 34 and 48. That's 10th in the Western Conference. They had an offensive rating of 105.3. That was 26th in the league. Defense is probably better than I think most people realize or expected. Defensive rating of 107.4, 9th in the league. And they played fairly up-tempo. They were 8th in the NBA in pace. And obviously the big move that they made at the trade deadline or shortly there before was to acquire DeMarcus Cousins of the Sacramento Kings. They paid a first-round pick, Buddy Heald, and some contracts that were really probably not part of the future for the Pelicans. Um, and Mason will chime in more on his thoughts on that one. But, Mason, how did the season go for the Pelicans, and what are your thoughts on the Cousins trade? Uh, I mean, definitely some, some ups and downs. It was uh, it was a t- tough year, uh, obviously. I mean, you have to – it's all relative to expectations, right? So, uh, you know, I think – most realistic expectations for the team this year had them around a like fringe playoff team, ninth, ninth seed, tenth seed, eighth seed. So, you know, relative to expectations, they they did what we kind of thought they were going to do. Obviously, what you really want to hope for is some of the new new guys really breaking through. And 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 I think in the case of uh, it's one more, you saw about what you thought you were going to get from him. I think that's a good contract they they signed him to last year. But you know, Solomon Hill was a little bit of a disappointment. And, I mean, obviously you're projecting – that contract was more a projection of his uh, potential in the future, and he really hasn't gotten there, definitely not on the offensive side. He was a, he was a very sound defensive player. Um, but, you know, all, all things considered, it was 
it was a, a slight disappointment, I'd say. And then, then suddenly the, the trade uh, deadline uh, move for, for Cousins happens, and then, you know, everything everything changes. I mean, the, 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 there's, there's optimism again. You know, even though they didn't make the playoffs, things took a little while to click. Um, it, it's still there's still a newfound reason for for excitement in New Orleans. Uh, so uh, again, as you said, it's a, it's a key off season, a lot of moving parts, um, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the Cousins trade really was one that I think caught everyone off guard. It came completely out of nowhere. And I know if if you were like me, you probably found out about it watching the All Star game. Is that when you found out as well? Yeah, it was it was nuts. I was sitting there the whole night watching Stein and Waj fire off these tweets. I'm like thinking to myself, what's the best possible package New Orleans can even realistically put together for Cousins? And I was just I was very skeptical. Uh, and then sure enough, uh, thanks to Vivek's love for Buddy Heald, uh, it went down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I and I don't think we could overstate his love for Buddy Heald. <laughs> you know, it's okay, right? Buddy's a good player, but I think he. Uh, you know, his uh, some of his comments about him being on Steph Curry's level might be a little bit off base, at least this early in it's Buddy's right. career. <laughs> so, um, one of the things I do want to spend a minute on of last year. So, last year was a big off season. They added a lot of different guys. One of the things that I was told by someone who's with the team was, we have real depth now. Instead of prior years, like it was, guys went down and they were playing D League call ups and. You know, just guys who they'd signed the week before and these kind of things. And I know they were really excited about we have, you know, maybe maybe they weren't all all-star signings, but we have quality NBA depth. And then immediately again, that was tested with a handful of injuries. So that's my question is, what, what in the world is in the water down there? Like, why, why do you guys keep going down with these injuries? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's tough. You really, I, I always am very scared to comment on that. I don't, I'm no doctor. I, I have no insight into that. Um, I, I think a lot of it's just, just some bad luck. I mean, the team, from an injury perspective, I mean, the, the really rough part wasn't even injury related. It was the fact that Drew Holiday had to miss the first uh, sure. month or so of the season to, to really uh, take care of his wife and, uh, and, and newborn. And so, uh, now that, that set the team team back, but the team's very accommodating for him, and uh, I think him and his whole family were very thankful for it. Um, yeah, well, I'm sorry. Let me. I, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. It's really sure. commendable the way the Pelicans organization handled that situation. You would like to think most teams would do, but they literally were go. Don't even worry about it. We'll see you when we see you. So let me ask a quick follow up because I haven't really seen anything. Everything's good now, right? Like no no, no bad news on that end. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It doesn't seem like it. Uh, there's, uh, it, they don't really. They, they keep that stuff. Uh, the holidays keep it pretty sure. pretty close to the chest. Um, but uh, as far as I can tell, everything's progressing smoothly. I, you know, I follow Drew and Lauren on Instagram. See the pictures of the of the baby doing doing just fine. Um, so it, it seems like seems like all all, all good right now. So wow, that's uh, great. Yeah, and that's a that's a win, right, for everybody. That was a really scary situation. So you're really you know happy that that went the way it did. So mm-hmm. and so, sorry, I'll let you finish your point. I I just had to jump in there and make that comment of how great the Pelicans were through that uh, whole situation. But go yeah. ahead. Yeah, and so I mean injuries weren't. As you know, as devastating this year, Anthony Davis played 75 games, and, and he probably would have played closer to 80 if the team was in playoff contention. They shut him down for the last three or four of the season. Um, I mean, Solomon Hill comes in, even though he wasn't that, you know, what didn't, even though he wasn't, you know, everything the team would have hoped for from beyond the arc or on the offensive end, he played he played 80 games. I mean, Drew had had no injury setbacks after he returned. So, I mean, there was 
the injuries weren't as big of, a, of an issue this year, I, I don't think. It was just they dug themselves such a deep hole without having that leadership at, at the point guard position from Drew, and it was just really tough to climb out of. And um, and, and so it was just, just, just an unfortunate situation. But it's, from a health perspective, it wasn't, you know, apart from the two mainstays on the injury report, Tariq Evans and Quincy Pondexter, um, which it really it can't be overstated, but it's, it's just, it was kind of assumed. So I... I kind of brushed it off uh, talking about injuries, but um, that, that that definitely does hurt. Yeah, no, and I and I think uh, you know Evans was able to play a decent amount, but at this point he's not a guy you're really counting on. And I think Pondexter is unfortunately, as much as everyone would love to see him do something, I think most have said you know anything we ever get out of this guy now is just gravy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he was he was a, he's really a guy that especially post. Uh, Cousins trade guy can help. I mean, they traded away Langston Galloway, they traded away Buddy Heald, they traded away a lot of good three point, good willing three point shooting, and yeah. so he's a guy that could have really helped out in addition to his defensive talent. So just uh, unfortunate. And as you said, anything he can give the Pelicans going forward would be, um, you know, very positive development. Yeah, absolutely. So so let's jump into that then. Let's talk about the the off season because this is we we set it off the top. This is a pretty big off season for the Pelicans as they look to move forward. So the piece I will tell you is um, for cap space. So we're going to start off there. So max cap space for the Pelicans. And let me let me qualify this as I always do in every show. Is max cap space? This number I'm going to throw is is if they were to lose every free agent, renounce them. They, they don't have a first-round draft pick, so that doesn't really matter. But every free agent is off the books, and they waive all the non-guaranteed money that they have. So this is really what this number is, is this is the upper bounds of where a team can get to easily. So for the New Orleans Pelicans, $13.7 million in cap space. That's actually fairly low in terms of a max cap space number. That number is normally well north of $20 million, sometimes even pushing the heck out of 30. My projection, and if you want to see where my projection is and how it comes from, there's a tweet pinned to the top of my Twitter timeline, at KeithSmithNBA. You can find my NBA salary and roster sheets, and there's a link there. And within those, there is a tab called 2017 Projected Space Worksheet, and that will give you how I got to my projection. My projection for the Pelicans is none, and the most main reason for that really simply is keeping Drew Holiday's free agent rights his bird rights, keeping him on the books and not renouncing him. Mason, how do you feel about about those two numbers that that, that max and then the projection? Yeah, it, it, it makes sense to me. Um, it, obviously, Drew Holiday is the big the big wild card here, and and, and the, the the ripple effect of if he decides to, to go somewhere else, if the if he gets offered more money than the Pelicans can, can stomach to keep him around, you know what what's what's the move for New Orleans? Because even then. You don't really have enough space to, to make any any real splash, so you kind of have a couple avenues you can go down. One one being you know not to try to you know hit the home run this year and just kind of say okay um, let's make maybe a year stopgap for a couple guys and then try to really make make some make some big moves next offseason. Or you can say there's a guy we really want to go get and try to make make space through other other avenues and you know possible but could be more of a, a long term damaging move to do that. So uh, lots to consider, but, you know, obviously plan, option A is uh, Drew Holiday. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we were talking a little bit off air. You you said that you all get a lot of questions of can we create enough cap space, a real high level without getting into super details. What are, what are some of the very unlikely but possible actions the Pelicans could do to create even more cap space if they really wanted to? 
Yeah, so so number one is definitely stretching Omer. I mean, he's got he's got two years left at about eleven mil a season, and he's got a three million dollar uh, guarantee for nineteen twenty season. So that's you stretch him, you're looking at three to four million uh, as cap hit over the next seven seasons. So uh, with a hundred plus million dollar cap, doesn't sound that bad, but I mean it's a long term hit. So if you really want to make space, unless you can find a team to take that deal, um, but uh, you you. It's going to be tough. Um, not impossible, but tough. And so uh, to, to move that deal and not have to take in on any salary in return would be almost, you know, damn near impossible. Uh, and then the other two obvious moves will be, you know, maybe if you – Quincy's uh, got a $3.85 million expiring deal this this next season, you could you try to move him or you can try to attach your second rounder a little bit more uh, of it uh, in terms of assets to Alexei Jinsta, who's got – Two years left and, and about ten million. So there are, there are avenues to get there if you really really want to. But like I said, it's gonna you're gonna feel the hurt in the long term. So it better be worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And to be very clear for all of our listeners who maybe don't understand how the stretch provision works is how it works is whatever the guaranteed years left on a contract is, you can do two times that plus a year. So with the um, years left for the the um, the Omer Ashik contract, there is the the years left, so they can double that plus the uh, year. So so that's how Mason gets to that seven years. So that's yeah. where where that comes from. <laughs> the so credit to Dell Demps for as awful as that contract was. At least he put a small guarantee in the last year, so they can stretch it over two more years. Man, that is finding the silver lining in a really <laughs> dark cloud, no, my friend. No doubt about it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's a tough one, you know, and it, and it becomes that much harder to swallow now that Cousins is on the roster as well, because now he really is, he's, you know, he's probably never going to see the floor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, that's definitely, that's a good one, you know, for that one. Yeah, he's a he's a relic. If this was 10 years ago, it would be a pretty big deal. So um, so what I want to do now is I want to get into the free agents, so let's talk about Drew Holiday a little bit more, um, because I, I think... There may be some understating of how much he means to the Pelicans um, over the, the time he's been with the team. He's an unrestricted free agent, so the Pelicans have, have no form of uh, match rights or anything like that. He can just move on if he wants to to, to a new team. He does have a cap hold of almost $17 million, 16.9 and change, and that's, that's, the, that's the number that's keeping the Pelicans over the cap. So if he just outright signed somewhere else, the Pelicans are going to drop under the cap, uh, most likely, unless they've done something else in the interim time. But talk a little bit about how much he means to the team and how much they need to or don't need to retain him. Yeah, that's a, it's it's really tough because uh, he's obviously very important to the team. Uh, he's their unquestioned third best player. He's a, a solid two-way combo guard. Um, that being said, uh, he did struggle after, and granted in a small sample size, he did struggle uh, post-Cousins acquisition. So there's cause for, for, for pause, but at the same time, they're not going to do any better with the space they have than a guy like Drew Holiday, who is very young for the places in his career. I believe he just turned 27. And so even if you're going to give him a five-year deal, it's not – it's not scary from from an age de- decline perspective. If you're still worried about injuries, that's you know you, you can worry about that. But he hasn't he really hasn't had any setbacks in two years. So um, so from that from the age or injury perspective, I think you're you're fine to give him years. The question is what what's the right dollar amount? And you can say uh, well just give him a five year max. I mean the Falcons are going to be capped at anyway if they keep Cousins and Davis. Like yeah, 
But, I mean, you have luxury tax concerns. There are other long-term concerns. So you can't just say give them the max to keep them. So, uh, I mean, it's it's tough. The Pelicans have a real challenge to figure out what the what's that threshold of what are you going to pay him? What's the max you'll pay him? What are you going to say no to if it goes over that, that dollar amount? So um, very tough decision on their hands this summer. Uh, but it's you, know, you, you, you're right. It can't be understated how important Drew Holiday is to this, this Pelicans team. Yeah, and you the big thing you said early on, and I want to restate this in case people missed it, is they can't really replace them. That's the challenge. You know, even if he goes 13 billion, that's not getting you a top flight starting point guard. You know, on the free agent market, it, it just isn't in the main. Big point guards out there, they're probably staying right where they are. Steph Curry's not going anywhere. Chris Paul, even if he did, it's probably not to the Pelicans, and it's certainly not for $13 million. That's not happening. So that's a, that, that, I think, adds another layer. I think one other thing people either didn't notice or they forget is he has also shown some level of ability to play the two-guard spot. I know he's done that in some lineups with Tim Frazier and with some mm-hmm. other guys in the past. And he's got good size. He's six four. I think a lot of people forget he's you know he's a little on the bigger side, which is part of what allows him to play up a position. So that becomes almost he he's like a point guard in a I don't know, point guard in a third and a quarter, something like that because because he can also give you a handful of minutes at the two guard spot. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So it's uh it, it it's a question of how you want to construct the rest of the roster. Granted, if you bring back Drew, you're you're dealing with pretty much mid-level exception and not much else. So, yeah. um, you know, I've, I've you know we, we've discussed it, some of the guys for for our site, and I think uh, I think a lot of us are around you know four ninety makes sense, um, and not maybe a little more than that. But uh, I, I I'm personally fine with uh, adding in a fifth year player option if it drives the average contract value down, um, but. You know, it's just uh, any anything. If you once you start getting close to that hundred million dollars over four years, that's that's tough. I mean, I, I I'm not sure. I, I I don't think I'd bite on that. But um, like I said, it's good. He's going to have a decision to make. So I'm sure he he's, he might get some big money offers for some less talented teams with more cap space, and he's got to decide what's uh you know what's going to uh, make him happiest, what's going to make his family and, and going to you know satisfy him. So we'll see. Yeah, it's funny you went to 490 because that's the number that's been in my head um, is what feels about right at this point for a guy like him. So, all right, so that's Drew Holiday. So let's move on. They've got two more uh, free agents coming. Dante Cunningham, he has a player option that he has indicated he will decline. Um, and so he will be on the books as an unrestricted free agent for $5.6 million and change. So he is a guy, he's played a lot in his time in New Orleans, probably more than I think most people expected. Sometimes I think with some of the Pelicans fans I come across, and be interested to hear your take, played more than he should. Uh, some of them don't seem, seem to like him very much. But I will say this past year he showed signs of moving forward as a three-point shooter. I know he swings between both forward spots for the team. What are your thoughts on Dante Cunningham and a potential return to New Orleans for him? He is. Uh, I like Dante a lot. He's a great rotation player. He should never be a starter, obviously. And you should. You need to limit his minutes at the three. And I think that's where that's where he struggles. Is you know he's now especially now that you added a, a three point shot to his game. I mean, he shot thirty nine percent last year. He knows where he's good. I mean, he's taken a lot of his shots. I haven't looked at the, the exact numbers, but he's taken most of his shots in the corner from uh, three point range. 
And uh, so he's he's a guy that has to be respected out there now. Um, maybe not from uh, the wing or from the top of the key, but at least in the corner, he's going to help you space the floor. And uh, he's a good, tough defender um, against uh, against some of the maybe the slowest threes and definitely at, at the four. And so he's he's valuable. Uh, the question is how valuable. What's what's the price tag? He's thirty. Um, so. Yeah, it, it, it wins the decline coming is obviously a, a, a question that needs to be asked, but uh, you know, it's it, it all depends on Drew Holiday is the real linchpin here. I mean, you decide what you're going to do with Dante once you figure out what's going to happen with Drew. I, I I think Dante likes being in New Orleans. I mean, he obviously, like you said, he's unrestricted, um, but I, I, I'm sure the Pelicans would love to have him back. But again, if, if Drew Holiday's out, then that's that's cap, valuable cap space. You've got to, um, you know, you got to look, look potentially look elsewhere. So, um, so we'll see. That all depends on Drew. Yeah. So just to follow up, you you said he takes most of his three pointers from the corner. Sixty nine percent of his three point attempts from the corner. So I I would say that qualifies as most. <laughs> yeah. No, no, <laughs> and no, no. the good thing is forty percent from there on those. So that's you know pretty pretty solid percentage. So yeah, he and he's a guy who he really couldn't shoot for a very long time. So he's, you know, turned himself into someone who's a who's good when he's playing that when he's playing the four. When he plays the three, it really doesn't seem to work. And for a while it seemed like they had this fascination with let's make him play the three as much as possible. Because of the injuries. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. So um yeah, he's a guy he he's an interesting case. I agree with you. Everything else hinges on holiday first and then you can can figure out the rest of these guys and numbers for them and those kind of things. So the the other unrestricted free agent, Donatus Monte Yunus. So after a saga, let's call it that, with how he even ended up there in the first place, complete, you know, massive uh, you know, situation with Houston and the Nets. And his agent. Yeah, and his agent, who he has now fired and moved Good. on from, um, as he you know, should, because it cost him considerable amount of money. He he landed in New Orleans, and I think the hope was, you know, maybe we'll catch lightning in a bottle here with this guy. They they didn't spend anything to bring him in; it was a minimum contract. But played 34 games, 4.4 points per game in 14 minutes. Just really didn't look ready to play for the most part, and a lot of the times I saw, and didn't look very very good on the court. With with Cousins added, still having uh, Omer on the roster and still uh, Lexi Agenza, is there any chance Molinus is back? I don't think so. I mean, he, it's not like he played at, at, at a, at like to a level that's going to get him a sizable contract. Like you said, I mean, he, he had flashes. He's a uh, you know the Pelicans are really lacking good passers from the center before Cousins, obviously, good passers from the um, you know from the post, and he he wasn't bad at that. Uh, he was a relatively uh, smart defensive player, but like he was, he didn't make a, a big impact. Uh, and I just I don't see any like you said with with the amount of bigs that, that this team has on the on the roster, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I don't I don't think he sees the fit moving forward. But um, I'm I'm going to be curious to see you know what what kind of offers he gets because you know hopefully an off season uh, where he can really get 100 percent healthy and, and back engaged uh, could you know he could be a pleasant surprise next year, but. He just he just didn't didn't contribute a ton for New Orleans this year. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's a guy who teams got to get in on him early and get him into the facility, get him ingrained, and get him working and see where it's at. So I think he's he's someone who he's you know going to have to probably take a make good contract, a flyer mm-hmm. to you know figure it out and you know get somewhere where they can rehab his value. 
So those are the three free agents. That's it. Just just three free agents on the roster. But there are three players who are on non-guaranteed contracts, so we want to talk through them, them a little bit. And let's start out with a guy. Everybody loves this guy. He's a Twitter darling, Jordan Crawford. So details on Crawford's contract. No minimum guarantee. So the Pelicans could waive him today at no cost with nothing on the cap sheet or anything like that. He does become fully guaranteed on August 1st which is well after the bulk of free agency will be complete, really almost all of free agency will be done. So his and his contract number is really small, $1.7 million, which is uh, the minimum because he signed a two-year deal. How minimum contracts work is if it's a one-year deal for a guy like Jordan Crawford, it gets put on the cap sheet at the two-year veteran minimum. When it's a two-year minimum deal, it goes on at the player's years of service minimum. So Crawford on the books for $1.7 million. Now Crawford came in on a, on, correct me if I'm wrong, pair of 10 days, right, first? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then really, I mean, this guy was, was one of the best scorers on the team. <laughs> After 19 games with the Pelicans, no, no starts, but 14.1 points per game in 23 minutes off the bench on 48% shooting, 39% if we round it from three. What, what in the world with Jordan Crawford? Where did this come from? <laughs> you, you got me. I, I, I swung and missed badly on this one. I was, I was uh, hoping that New Orleans would – because this was kind of when their season was already not – it was when you kind of knew that they weren't going to make the playoffs. There was that instant optimism when the Cousins trade happened, and then you know, he, you know, he had a couple of ten days, and you, you just—I was hoping that we'd go somewhere younger, who maybe some more upside, uh, just see, like, take a shot and see what they can do. I mean, I felt like you knew what Jordan Crawford was. I mean, he's 28 years old. You just—it was—I was just, I was just kind of surprised. Like, it just seemed like a, a move for a team that's like just playoffs or bust rather than a team that's looking towards next year. And, boy, was I wrong because uh, he was he was great. Um, defense, he's obvious he's not not great, to be polite, uh, but he was kind of a – he would lose focus consistently on the defense end. But, man, he really helped us, a struggling Pelicans bench uh, down the stretch on the offensive side. And I, I think um, other than – uh, the, the situation I alluded to before, if they really want to do whatever they can to make as much cap space as possible, I think that I, I would be shocked if he's not back next year with New Orleans. Yeah, it would blow me away. I mean, any time a guy scores in double figures in more than, like, two games mm-hmm. yeah, per game, it usually signals that he's in here. And that is uh, fresh off a 2015-16 season in China where he averaged a, a minuscule 43 points per game. So if, if for no other reason I'm throwing that in to caution everybody, take the Chinese league stats with a very <laughs> large grain of salt. They, yeah. uh, you mentioned it, Crawford isn't uh, – isn't a good defender, isn't overly interested, so he, he fits right in over there. But he also, <laughs> you know, play, played in the D-League for most of last year, did did quite quite well down there, really, uh, tw- almost 23 or 23.4 points per game for Grand Rapids in the D-League. And it's, if nothing else, it's good to see a guy like this fight his way back to the NBA because it looked like when he left previous, that was it, he was done. He could have stayed over in China and kept collecting good paychecks and, you know, filling it up and scoring, you know, a million points per game. But he really wanted to get back to the NBA, and he, the the understanding I was told from someone very close to him was, if i got to go to the D-League to do it, then I'll go to the D-League to do it. And you know what? He did it. So yep. good for him. And, you know, I think considering the Pelicans' lack of wing depth, it's, he's going to play. 
you know, yep. at least right now, you know, barring some really unexpected offseason additions. So, you know, good for him. So now I want to move on to somebody who really interested. And this guy was somebody I think a lot of people expected would, would get drafted or make a team out of camp, and that's Quinn Cook. So Quinn Cook's deal is he is on – on a fully non-guaranteed contract for $1.3 million. That's the league minimum for a player with one-year service. He's got a little bit of a complicated contract. Um, $25,000 guaranteed on July 5th. $100,000 on July 25th. And then fully guaranteed on the league-wide guarantee date of January 10th of 2018. Now, Cook, I, I say this on all the shows, whenever a guy's guaranteed 25000 essentially right at the jump, this is basically a we're bringing you to camp contract. Mm-hmm. And what they did was he and his agent smartly built in, we're going to add a second escalator in there just to make sure you didn't need the didn't need $1.3 million in cap space and send the guy out the door in mid-July. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where it jumps to 100000 But that's about the going rate. What did you see out of Cook with his time with, with the Pelicans, the brief time? I, I'm pulling it up. Played in nine games um, mm-hmm. over you know, a handful of weeks. What, what do you think about him and his future with the team? Uh, he he showed he showed signs. I mean, he also had got to run with Dallas this uh, this year. I, I don't know. I guess it was just one ten day. Uh, I, I don't remember if it was one or two with with them. But um, you know, to a lesser extent than um, than Crawford. I mean, he, he was they, they obviously liked him because they brought him in tra- training camp. Um, I can't remember if he played summer league last year for New Orleans, but I I, I want to say he did, but I can't remember for sure. But I'll, they, uh, I'll find out for you. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, again, uh, same situation. <laughs> it, it, I feel like a broken record at this point because, I mean, if if they bring back Drew Holiday, all of a sudden you're capped out and you got to take whatever value contracts you can get. And so if, if Drew Holiday's back, then I think Quinn Cook's back too. Uh, and I think it would be, or at least, it's, it's, you know, in some capacity. Um, but, uh, you know, I, again, I, I, you know, I liked what I saw from him. It's just tough to say off of just nine games, and uh, but he's uh, he's a guy I definitely like to see see back to, in in camp preseason to see if he can keep building off of uh, a pretty solid end to, to last season. Yeah, and to your question, he actually played summer league for the D League Select team, which was uh, that team now no longer exists as. Um, the Los Angeles Clippers have moved to the Las Vegas Summer League, but they used to bring a team of D-League players together that weren't signed anywhere else and play them there. So that's that's where he was there. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think I think it's, you know, at, a, at a, the worst, you know, case for Cook is they bring Holiday back. They've got Holiday, Tim Frazier, and then Cook is probably comes into camp as, with the inside track on the, the third point guard spot would be my guess mm-hmm. at that point. So, and then the third guy, the third non-guaranteed guy, that's an actual, is it Tupan or Tupain? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great question. I don't remember how many games he played for New Orleans. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he played two games for New Orleans uh, okay. last season. <laughs> so not a lot of time to learn exactly yeah. how to say his name. Uh, Tupan. Tupan, Tupan yeah. I think is, yeah. is yeah. All right, we'll, we'll just call it that. That sounds a little fancier, so we'll call him that. Um, so Axel Tupan, he is signed to a similar deal as Cook. Makes slightly more money because he's got two years because he caught on at the end of last year with the Denver Nuggets. 
but so 1.47 million for him in, a, in change, and he is. But the same structures, no minimum guarantee, so the Pelicans could waive him right now at no cost. 25,000 guaranteed by July 5th, 100,000 guaranteed by July 25th, and then fully guaranteed on a league-wide cut-down date or guarantee date of January 10th. So in those whopping two games that you saw him play for the Pelicans, what do you think about him? I mean, he provides uh, depth at the Pelicans' most needed spot, which is the which is the wing. I mean, he's six six seven, um, pretty athletic, and uh, you know, I, I again, I wouldn't mind seeing him back at camp. Uh, I'm much much more lukewarm on him than I am on on Quinn Cook, for example. But uh, but but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they've got him got him inked. It seems like a very uh, low low risk move, um, and I mean that's. It's about, it's about all, all I got on him, but I'm, I, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see a little more of him and, uh, you know, in preseason. And, and I, I would not be shocked at all if he's on the Pelicans Summer League team this year. Yeah, I, I think there's a good chance you'll see him play on the Summer League team, and I do think he's a guy, again, he'll probably come to training camp, probably playing at least a handful of preseason games and then play it out from there. So so that's it. That, those are the roster decisions for, for the Pelicans as far as the guys who are currently there. But now moving into the next phase of the offseason, and that is the NBA draft. So we're, we're recording this on June 14th. Not exactly sure when the show will come out, so we're, we're a little over a week away from the draft. Pelicans, by virtue of the DeMarcus Cousins trade, do not have their first-round pick. That pick is now owned by the Sacramento Kings, came up 10th in the uh, NBA lottery system, so that's where the Pelicans will pick Curtis, or excuse me, that's where the Kings will pick, courtesy of the Pelicans. So the Pelicans are left with one pick, second round pick, it's the 40th pick overall, and and without, I, that's it's such a crapshoot that in the draft to really say mm-hmm. this is the guy I think they'll pick. But what are you more? What are they looking for at that point in the draft? What, what do you, what positions? What, what kind of guys do you have your eyes on for the team? Yeah. So two things on this. First, I, I I do think that the Pelicans are really looking at their guy from this draft as the guy that took last year. Um, I think they're really high on Jack Diallo. Uh, they, I mean, they they traded their two second round picks last year to move up to get him, uh, and so and, and he was. You know, he bounced around all the different D League teams for for the uh, Pelicans this season. Now they're going they're going to have their own G League team the the season after this next one. But uh, he played all over um, Austin, Greensboro, I think, and maybe one other location too. But he's uh, an island, I think. Yeah, he, he's yeah. he's been pretty. He he was pretty. Uh, he got a lot of people excited uh, for his limited run in uh, uh, in New Orleans this year. He really um, he was he's. Pretty fearless, not not afraid to take shots, and he's uh, very young and um, excited to see uh, how he can grow um, this coming season. But as far as uh, the 40th pick this year, um, you know I haven't done a ton of draft research, but I, I, I do. I always like to defer to one of the other guys for our site, um, one of the very tenured guys for our site, Michael McNamara. He that, this is his thing. He 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 prides himself almost on finding the second round sleepers, and he's he has a pretty high hit rate on on these guys and. He, he always says at this point, you, you, you go with you don't go with the, the the athlete who has one year of college experience who who is just the unknown. Even though that's what they did with Diallo last year. Uh, you go with the guy with the, the four year guy, the three year or four year college guy. It really has has a specific set of skills or that that really you think will translate. Um, his his guy is a one do from Kansas State, um, but I mean that then that kind of fits the mold of what what this team needs another another wing who can maybe contribute in some capacity. So um, and, and another point for, for New Orleans uh, is that 
know, having a guy who has that experience can arguably not just be better than a crapshoot, but also better quicker and help the team more, uh, you know, uh, earlier than, say, a younger, younger unknown. Yeah, for sure. Now, that that's he's definitely somebody who I think is in the range. Draft Express, for what it is worth, who has a pretty good, you know, success rate. They're certainly better at this than I could ever hope to be. They have Caleb Swanigan, the big man from Purdue. The only thing I question with that is I don't know that they need another guy like that, but, but who knows, right? I, I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, Wesley Owundu, he fits a little bit more as far as what he can can do and give the team as, as a wing player's big guy, six foot seven wingspan, a seven foot one, which is really impressive. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I could see that. I, he, he seems to be the kind of experienced guy who could come in and help right away. So, so now we want to transition into free agents and targets and team needs and those kind of things. So, but but I got to start with this single biggest question. It's something, quite frankly, I'm getting tired of answering on Twitter, as I'm sure all of you are. They're not trading DeMarcus Cousins, right? <laughs> wow. That's not actually something I've heard much. I mean, the, oh, the, 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 the running joke was that as soon as uh, Magic Johnson got control of the Lakers, he was going to give up the King's ransom for Cousins. But that's about the uh, that's about the only thing I've, I've heard about trading him. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I might just be I, I dealing don't... with delusional Celtics fans quite a bit <laughs> who think Cousins or Davis is, is in play still. Yeah, I mean, it's it, I mean, it's like almost any player in the league. If they got an offer they couldn't say no to, yeah, maybe they trade him. But I, I just I don't think it would send the the best message to the fans and and the rest of the roster um, to to move him, especially when I think I think people undersell how well uh, it it worked. Uh, the Cousins Davis combination worked in New Orleans. I mean, there were the, I think they were third in net rating in the month of March in the NBA. And so if you back out maybe their first three games. So, like, call it a transition period in the last three games where Cousins and uh, Davis were shut down. I mean, they were I, – I, I can't remember if they were top five team, but they were they were close. They were absolutely top ten. Um, I think I think they were on top seven um, in, in net rating. And so th- this this is a, this can work, and I, I, I have high hopes that it will. Um, the question is, to, to what degree uh, will it work? And is it is it enough to really make a big jump next season? But um, but no, sorry, long-winded answer is saying I do not think they will be trading to Marcus Cousins. Yeah, no, and that's perfectly fine because I think the people suggesting that that's you know fantasy NBA 2K world where <laughs> you know you get a guy and flip him five days later and those kind yep. of things. And I will say too, for all those people who are like two bigs don't work, two bigs don't work, they need to remember. Other than blocking shots and the fact that he's really tall, Anthony Davis is not your traditional big. He can do basically anything that, that a much smaller player can do as far as skill set, especially in the defensive end, which is where you worry about the two bigs working. And Cousins, can, Davis's his three-point shot is still very much a work in progress, mm-hmm. but Cousins can step out and shoot it. But probably equally, if not even more important, is Cousins can really pass. Yep. Four assists per game in his time with, with the Pelicans. And that was really him feeling things out and learning his new teammates. And that's even if that was the number, that's good for a big man. But where the he's, he, that number will grow. I, I'm going to put it on record. He's going to be at five assists or more. Um, next season, just with the way he passes. If I'm, if I'm Alvin Gentry, I'm just drooling, dreaming up these high-low sets between these two big guys who can see over anybody else. And it's definitively never never play with a, a player as good as Anthony Davis. I mean, no, never, yeah. That, that's one of the, like, the, the best player he's played with is 
third year Isaiah Thomas, I think. Um, so just to put that in perspective, I mean, like they, they, that's one of the things that I've gotten I've gotten tired of uh, from fans who are not sold on Cousins yet is the fact that he's never been, you know, never been in the playoffs, never been part of a winning team, and I just sit there and say, look at look at the draft history of Sacramento when when Cousins was there. Look at the players he's played with. It's it's you know it's Isaiah Thomas and it's Rudy Gay, and like okay, that's it. I yeah. mean that's. Those are the guys. So um, excited to see him really continue to to mesh with uh, a player at, at, at Anthony Davis's level. Yeah, absolutely. So we 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 now boy, let's put that one to bed. He's not going anywhere. So let's let, let's approach this from a standpoint of they keep Drew Holiday because I think if he goes, they, it really changes the math and they've got to really figure a lot of things out. But if they keep Holiday, what are what are the if you've got guys in mind that's fantastic because you're looking at really at that point using the non-taxpayer mid-level exception to add talent that's about 8.4 million you got to remember that went up mm-hmm. about three million dollars this year so that, so it's actually a real functional usable um, exception now but what what would you be looking at to add to the roster around what would really be at that point then a core of Davis Cousins and Holiday. Yeah, um, I haven't even gotten to the point where I'm projecting out the mid level because I just don't. It's it's with every. I mean, last year kind of helped us set expectations, but it was also kind of a outlier because of how much cap space there was to be thrown around. This year, I mean, the mid level jumps, and there's a lot less space to be you know to be playing with. So I'm not really sure what level of player you're going to get there. But as far as what sorry, sorry, let, let me. I want to yeah. tag one thing on that because you just made a really good point. Last season, the mid-level was about $5 million-ish, and really became, who cares, because everybody was throwing around these $10 and $15 million contracts. This year, there is far less money to be spent on the open market because teams spent so much last season and even the season before. So with the new CBA and the mid-level now being tied to the cap, and it'll go up and down as the cap raises, it now becomes, again, a useful, functional tool like it used to be prior to the last couple of seasons with the cap swipe. But go ahead, Mason. I just, I just had to get that point in yep. there because I don't think yep. enough people know that. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And so, I mean, you start to think about – if you think about skill sets that they need, I mean, I, one thing I've been harping on is that – is really fearless, confident shooting. So the, the Pelicans have decent three-point shooting. I mean, Drew Holiday is a good three-point shooter. Etchuan Moore is a good three-point shooter. These guys are just a little bit tentative sometimes, um, and they don't always want to shoot. And so they they need guys who are just, I mean, good three point shooters. Obviously, not guys not like your Josh Smith the world, just Chuck and, and Brick. But <laughs> no one they, needs that. They don't even need a, a marksman. They just need a guy who's good and can and other teams have to defend. And so I, I mean, I'm even talking about <laughs> if we're looking at bargain bins. So forget the mid level. If we're looking at just guys to fill out the roster. I, I thought about a uh, guy that the Pelicans had a couple years ago, Luke Babbitt. I mean, he's a he doesn't really defend well at all, but he's he's going to shoot it if he's open. And so just guys like that, you know, Anthony Morrow, another former New Orleans player, but it's like just that that kind of mold of player, just not afraid to really let it fly. And teams opposing teams know that and have to actually guard them, and it will just give so much more space for AD and Boogie to to work. And that's 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 the kind of a player. I actually think. I mean, last year at this time we were talking about defense, 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 and and we I, I, they, they were like you said at the top of the, of the show. They were they were good at defense last year. Um, I mean, the, the, the distance of Moore and Solomon Hill really helped 
mold that identity. Cousins is a good defender, too. And so that's not as much of a concern. Just kind of find guys that will help space the floor and, and create create real room for, for the rest of the, 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 the big guns to really to really work. Well, with shooting obviously being a concern, as you just mentioned, let me throw two names at you because I'm curious to get your thoughts on them. First is Jody Meeks. This is a guy I think you can get at a reasonable price. Now, he's injured all the time, so I think that might scare scare them off. But he actually shot the ball quite well for the Magic. What would you think about him? Yeah, I mean, it all depends on the price. I, I've just been kind of thinking about bargain bin guys that you get sure. maybe close to the minimum. But, uh, you know, what, what, what kind of contract were you thinking for him? So Jody Meeks is a guy, I think you could probably get him for something in that 6 to $8 million range, maybe a two-year deal. Um, player option maybe on that second year, almost similar to what Dion Waiters got with the heat, but with the inflation um, packed into that, I think would make a little little sense for him just because you got to protect yourself in case he gets hurt. Right. You don't want him to have too much on the books. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his career, career 37, 37%, 38% shooter, three-point rates through the roof. I mean, that's... Uh, I mean, he's, that's all he's shooting. I mean, it's not all he's shooting, it's, but it's more than half of what he's, of his total shots. So, I mean, uh, it, he, he definitely fits the bill. Um, question is, again, is that, you know, is that how you want to spend your, your mid-level? Um, yeah. is that, I mean, it, it, do you, do you want to find someone that's bigger? But, I mean, obviously you're not going to get everything with that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they can get a more versatile guy with the mid-level and then just fill it out with, with shooters that don't do much else but shoot. Um, but I mean, he's got he's he's definitely on the on the radar screen. Yeah, and so so you mentioned versatility. So the other name I want to throw at you, and this has been rumored that they're they would love to to pair up is Justin Holiday, Drew's brother. What would you think about him? He really kind of came on full time rotation guy for the first time this past season with the New York Knicks. Shot thirty five percent from three. Yeah, um, and he's he's definitely a guy that I think. Uh, New Orleans has to be looking at because the, the stuff about Drew and Justin wanting to play together it's not it's not BS like I think I, I you know I've heard it enough from from you know people I trust that it's 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 not a must but it, it would definitely help and so I mean and another question comes up like if you pay if you pay Justin uh, enough it, it will that will Drew take you know a little bit of a, a discount to, to play to, for them to play together and so yep. um, he's he's definitely a guy that uh, that could make some sense. Um, and so, uh, again, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with uh, with Drew, and, and I'm sure I'm sure that will be something that's brought to the negotiating table um, by at least one of the two sides. So, um, yeah, I name that's definitely been floated um, among the New Orleans folk as well. Yeah, unfortunately, the guy that really I think fits this roster really well, and I'm not uh, breaking any news here, was Amon Caspi. He really, I think. Gave them a lot of what they needed. Could play both forward spots. He's pretty tight with DeMarcus Cousins. Um, they they have played together several different times. And unfortunately, he got hurt right off the bat and then was, was waived immediately and then recovered much faster than I think anybody ever could have imagined. And it would have been a huge boon to the Pelicans to have him and have his rights to be able to bring him back to the team. So that's a, that's one of those where I feel like it was, you know, that, that was a rash decision made really quickly and it could end up costing them long term because I think he may have stayed in New Orleans as well. Yeah, I mean, he was he was rehabbing in New Orleans. So, again, another good example of the Pelicans really doing right by uh, even after they released him, they, they kept him on the, you know, they let him continue to work out in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, I, he's another guy I named, um, I did a, 
Pelicans um, you know, off-season, off something similar to this in writing for FanRag, uh, and that's, um, that's a guy that I mentioned as well. And so I, I don't think it's out of the question that he comes back. Um, to your point, he, he's uh, him and Cousins are relatively relatively close from, from what I've heard. And so, um, I, you know, I was very much disappointed in them you know, letting letting him go um, again. It seemed like they were just focused way too much on the slim chance to make the playoffs, uh, and and not enough. Um, and they the guys they replaced him with were guys like Reggie Williams, and so it's just um, just and I think Reggie Williams and then Wayne Selden were the two guys they replaced him with while he was while he was out. And it just seemed it just seemed kind of useless. And so um, you know, I I would have loved to have him around, have his bird rights, but um, I've had <laughs> I've had this debate a few times with um, some of our other writers um, that. You know, maybe maybe the bird rights would have been uh, a, a hamstring, uh, in the, the lo- with the logic being that, you know, if you got his bird rights, his agent can negotiate for more money because you have those bird rights. And so, um, if you're of the thinking that he's not worth more than say the biannual exception, bird rights don't really matter. Um, so why be hamstrung with that and give the agent more leverage? So um, I, I'm not, I don't really, but I, I would have much rather have the bird rights than than, but I can see the the, the counter argument there. Yeah, and the last name I know a couple of people have thrown this out to me to to think about it. I'm going to say for the love of God, no, is Jeff Green. Um, I you know I like Jeff Green. He's a good guy. I've got to know him from his time with the Celtics and then his time in the, with the Magic. I live in Orlando, but he just is not. He's not anything the Pelicans need. It doesn't. You know they've got enough other guys like that. Just bring back Dante Cunningham for yep. the money it would cost to bring in Jeff Green. It's yeah, absolutely great. Yeah, and no, nobody needs to be pulling their hair out over that. So, um, but anyway, so so that really covers off on the Pelicans off-season preview. Mason, I want to thank you so much for joining me uh, for the show today. So, what I'd like to do now is I want to kick it to you. Tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter, and then go ahead and plug anything you want to plug that you've got out there. Yeah. Um, so I'm just my name is Mason Ginsburg on Twitter, but I'm just I'm not going to plug any of my stuff. I'm just going to plug our site. We've got um, a lot of a lot of guys doing doing great work. The the beauty of our site, you know, all all, all of us do it. You know, we don't do it for any money. We do it just because we love it. And so you know, all all of our respective jobs can take priority if things come up. And so we have a lot. You know, we rely on people who can pick up the slack for others. And I, I tell you what, one guy who's been doing. Um, really great work this whole year is is Jake Madison. He picked up the Locked On podcast for uh, for 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 New Orleans, and he's been doing some really really great stuff this this year. So him in particular, but any any of the stuff at Bourbon Street Shots, we're you know we're uh, we're all over the Pelicans, and uh, we appreciate uh, anyone who 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 checks us out. Yeah, and I'll add to that real quick. I think nationally the Pelicans are very much an undercovered team. And um, I'm hoping that changes with Davis and Cousins both in the full. You'd think Anthony Davis, one of the all-time generational talents, should have been enough, but it doesn't seem to have been. And the team at Bourbon Street Shots does amazing work, as Mason said. There's a lot of great coverage out there. So, Mason, again, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. And this has been the NBA Front Office Show, part of the Almighty Baller Network. I'm your host, Keith Smith. You can find me at KeithSmithNBA on Twitter. Please do not hesitate to give any feedback on the show, what you like, what you didn't like. We're trying to make this better for those of you who enjoy roster building, the salary cap, and transactions. This is what the show is all about. If you do enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review. It really is important and helps out the show. But that's going to end it for us here tonight for the NBA Front Office Show, and we'll talk to you the next time. 
an ad from Dad. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Yeah. Tell you another way to save money. Don't buy those uh, expensive coffees every morning. You know? Then you can save up for a, I don't know, really nice dress shirt. I'm just saying. It's great that you feel comfortable here at work, but, you know, an adult could walk in. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. All right, let's pull up over here and drop a line. Are your feet wet? My feet are wet. Here's the drain plug. You put the plug in the drain, right? Ah, it's on the dock. There's a reason they say curse like a sailor. Ah, Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 